Hey, this is RJ Kaminsky of the Premier Lacrosse League, and you're listening to the Outside the Box podcast. Hey, this is Tim Semish from the San Diego Seals, and you're listening to Outside the Box podcast. We're flying high with the wings and talking all things lacrosse. You're now listening to the Outside the Box podcast right here on Underground Sports Philadelphia. What's going on, everybody? We are back. It is the Outside the Box podcast right here on Underground Sports Philadelphia. Kyle Bennett, OTB Herm, live from Underground Studios. Herm, we're finally done with the bye week. What's going on, brother? No more bye week blues, and let me tell you, it was real. I mean, this weekend, I just... I was sitting at home and literally felt like I had absolutely nothing to do, and I hated it. I was just discouraged by it, but you know what? We're back and we're thriving. I mean, we are better than ever, but before we get started today, we just launched my favorite t-shirt yet, the Newman Duke shirt. I helped design it. Kyle designed it, put put it together, and and our our friends at Design Tree Tree mashed it all together and threw it on a t-shirt for everybody, but if you haven't already... Go get yourself a Newman Nukes hot sauce shirt because, one, I mean, it's just a great shirt. It looks awesome. Two, Jared Newman's a homie of the show and just a stellar dude. He's in the bio. He's in the bio. And then, three, help pay for our food this week. And four, it's part of our campaign to get Jared Newman on Hot Ones. And, oh, that's where I was going with it, too. How do we now expedite the process to get this sauce, the Newman Nuke sauce, into a real thing? Do we... Hot sauce companies? Come to us. We have we have a name for it. I you. mean, we have a kitchen. There's We can make it happen. We could probably Herm's make vlogs. it ourselves. <laughs> I mean, this would make a great vlog. If I, What kind of chilies? I mean, we'd have to ask Jared, of course. Uh, what kind of, He's what kind of be hot part sauce of does he like? Is he more of like a sweet hot sauce? Maybe a tangy hot sauce? I mean, fruity. Fruity, like a mango. A mango hot sauce sounds excellent right mm-hmm. now, actually, as we sit here. However, go get yourself a shirt because they're great. I mean, we have a, we have a couple more coming up, though. They're going to drop pretty soon, and you're not going to want to miss them, especially uh, our you Albany fans, if you know what I'm saying. Hint, hint. But, yeah, shout out to our friends at Design Tree. The work that they do is impeccable. Herm and I literally designed it today, tonight, as we record this on Thursday, and it was literally up on our storefront on their website within two, three minutes. Yeah, so it was excellent. Head over to the uh, Design Tree. It's DSGN Tree uh, on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter at OTB Laxpod. The link is there, or you can search Underground Sports Philadelphia on Design Tree's website and use promo code DSGN5 for $5 off your first order at checkout um herm the bye week's over i know man we we talked about it we have shout out to mike chan and chuck for getting us through the bye week if you missed that episode make sure you go check it out on apple podcasts 
Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're on Apple Podcasts, because you guys with the iPhones are doing it right, leave those five-star ratings and reviews to let us know what you did during the bye week to get you through to San Jose weekend, which we are in now. Yep, and uh, I still can't get over that Channy interview. It was great, man. Channy's the man. He basically the Channy re- man can. <laughs> he he basically recruited me to Stony Brook. <laughs> by the end of the interview, Herm's I was going like, back to school. By the end of the interview, I was like, okay, I could go get another major. Maybe play a little. Lacro- I mean, I'm obviously not talented. <laughs> Gained a few pounds since like my crossing days, but uh, it happens. But on this episode, Herm, like we were joined by Channy last week. We've got two guests this week. It's a two guest OTB week. First, we're going to be joined. By the man, the myth, the elite celebrity of yeah. the PLL. He is the face host, of this league. Host and vlogger extraordinaire, RJ Kaminsky, is hopping on uh, this week to help us get ready for San Jose. Plus, we're talking overrated, underrated lists, mm-hmm. neck pillows, and where we can get one of those fancy-looking limited-edition Etsy neck pillows that RJ has. And, of course, we're talking PLL and lacrosse. Uh, And then later on in the show, during our NLL segment, we're going to be joined by Tim Semish. You know him as the football player who uh, is now a lacrosse player because he signed with the San Diego Seals. Very excited to have Tim on the show to, uh, you know, all pun intended, dive in to what went into his process from NFL tight end slash linebacker to now defenseman in the NLL. And you know what, man? We, we said former lacrosse player, I mean, former football player, now lacrosse player. Let's just drop the t- football player out of his title right now. My dude's a lacrosse player, and that's how he's going to finish out his career here. I mean, he is going to revolutionize this defensive position with the absolute huge muscle mass that he brings to the floor. So, I mean, so long football player. I mean, we will never forget his talents on the gridiron. However... My guy's a lacrosse player now. Now we're going to know him as a lacrosse player, and he's going to just really tear things up. Brody Merrill is going to help him out, and he is one hell of a player. So I'm excited to see what he can do here in the NLL. It's going to be dope, man. But we've got a lot of PLL things to uh, discuss and uh, review. Playoffs are right around the corner, Herm. Columbus is slowly but surely creeping up on us. (sighs) I'm excited. Very excited for Columbus. Yeah, it's uh, going to be a great weekend. Not only do we have PLL things going on, but we also have some friends we're meeting up with uh, outside of the podcast world as yep. well. Uh, but the playoff probabilities were tweeted out by the league this mm-hmm. week, Herm. Uh, your whips, 99.8% chance to make the playoffs heading into week eight. It's a pretty good percentage. Uh, Alex's house, yep. or chaos, uh, 96.1%. That's Heading into bad. week eight. It's no 99.8. My Redwoods, even after a tough loss in Denver, still sitting at a 93.8% chance to make the playoffs. I will take those odds. I would take them any day of the week. Mikey's Archers, 63.4%, sitting in that still four above seed average. right now. Still above, above 50%. Average. Brooks Atlas, 41%, which for Atlas, where they were... right. I think they'll take those odds right now as they head into this final stretch. Any day of the week, man. I mean, especially with the goal differential they're working with, Mm -hmm. those odds are great. And Dom's Chrome. This is what happens when Dom just kind of abandoned us and no longer comes on the podcast. Damn. Chrome. (laughs) Shots fired. Sorry, Dom. Chrome sits at 5.9%. That is less than 10%. That is... 
not as, as they say in uh, France, Portugal, Brazil, and Spain, not great. That was a lot of places. Yeah, I mean, I guess. It's universal. You can say it anywhere you want. That's a horrible <laughs> percentage. And I would, at this point, you're playing for that uh, first round pick because there's really no coming back from from that when four other teams have above 50% chance of yeah. making it into the playoffs. However, I think that it's going to, I think, no, this is me being incredibly hopeful for a great lacrosse, which I'm sure we're going to get. I think that the Atlas Archers race is going to be much tighter in two weeks than we expect. I think that it's going to come down to the absolute last goal. And that is the stuff that I live for. That could uh, very well be. Um, but, I mean, looking at it right now, I think those top four teams, and, I mean, this weekend's Sunday matchup is going to determine a lot. Right. That's. But that's other than that, famous. I think the top three teams are absolute locks. Seeding is obviously going to play a big part in this. Certainly. The first game this weekend is going to play a big part in it as well, uh, between Redwoods and Chaos. Yeah, I mean, RJ and Lisa did a great job of this in their recap video, saying that whoever gets the one or two spot has two opportunities to make it to the final game, which is, I mean, that's the position you want to put yourself in every time because... Obviously, two chances is better than one. And that is what the Chaos and Whipsnake both have the opportunity to do this week. I mean, if Chaos is able to take down your Redwoods, so long first or second seed hopes for you guys. And, a little bit. I mean, um, it, it's kind of nerve-wracking. However, Redwoods could also turn around. I'm not going to get into it quite yet, but th these percentages are looking pretty great. You brought up RJ and Lisa breaking it down. I'm going to play that audio for everybody so they can kind of hear clinching uh scenarios so this is rj and lisa breaking this down uh from the pll's twitter now until the end of the fourth if it takes us overtime we'll take that too let's go what's up pll nation rj here lisa here and we're here to outline what needs to happen for your team to make the postseason here's what it would look like if the playoff bracket started today the top two teams in the league will play in game one in columbus the winning team automatically advances to the championship the three and fourth seed will also play in Columbus. The loser of 1v2 will advance to play the winner of 3v4 in New York. The loser of the 3v4 seed will go on to play in the first draft pick bracket. Then, the championship between the remaining two teams takes place in Philadelphia. Let's emphasize the value in being a number one or a number two seed. You've got two chances at making the championship game. Let's so, let's start with the top two teams in the league, Whipsnakes and Chaos. The Whipsnakes can clinch a playoff spot this weekend by winning. But even if the Whipsnakes fail to win again for the final three regular season games, they can still secure a playoff spot by the Archers and Atlas losing one game apiece. They'll just need a higher score differential than both teams come the end of the season. Hop on the train before it's too late, like we said. And as for the Chaos, they're in the same boat as the Whips. One win and they're in this weekend. But if they fail to secure another win for the next three weeks, they'll also be cheering for an Archers and Atlas loss to make it through and will need a higher score differential than both teams. Here we go, Chaos, let's go! The Redwoods can clinch a spot in the postseason simply by winning out. They can also go 2-1, but they're going to need a higher score differential than Atlas and Archers. They can also get in by winning one game if the Archers or Atlas lose two games. There it is, baby! Let's go! Here's how the Archers can squeeze their way into the playoffs. One, win out. Or two, win two games and the Atlas lose two games. Or they win two games and the Whipsnakes and Chaos lose all three games. Ah! I love it! If Atlas wins out, they're in. 
But if they go two and one, they need the archers to lose at least two games. Or they can get in by going two and one, the archers losing one, and Atlas having a higher score differential. We're not done yet! We're not done yet! And as for Chrome, they need a few things to go right, but the first one, Lisa, Chrome has to win out. Yes, they have to go 3-0 and to end the season. They also need the Archers and Atlas to lose two games and have a higher score differential than both. Let's go, we gotta get the next one now, let's go. Hey, Chrome on three, one, two, three, go! So that's it. Every single PLL club has a chance of making the playoffs, which will make these next three regular season matchups that much more competitive, if that was even possible. And we're headed to San Jose this weekend, starting with the Redwoods versus Chaos at 4 p.m. on NBC Sports Gold. And then all eyes will be on the Atlas Archers game Sunday, 7.30 Eastern on NBC Sports, as both teams head into San Jose at three and four, fighting for a playoff spot. So you can either watch at home on gold or you can come see us in San Jose. We hope to see you there. So there's your playoff scenarios. You know when you're giving a presentation in class in either high school or college and you show a video in the middle of your presentation? Oh, yeah. And you're coming out of the video and you're like, and that was all the information that I was going to share with you guys. Exactly. And that's what just happened. However, that was a mouthful. I'm going to break it they down for you. They did a perfect job breaking they it down. They did a great job breaking it down. And it really helps with the visuals, so go check out the video because mm-hmm. they're funny. However, I'm just going to completely synopsize synopsizes yeah whatever i'm gonna give you a brief brief synopsis of what they just said essentially whip snakes and chaos are getting in and then the whip snakes are gonna win it all that's all that you need to know <laughs> and uh stay tuned because it's going to be a great championship you guys have no idea what's gonna happen on this show if the championship game is whip snakes redwoods Oh, it's going to be a bloodbath. Yeah, we might not talk for a week. We might not have a show. <laughs> no, we'll definitely have a show. We'll it have to record of... it. We might have to go back to old school and record it over the phone. Over the phone recording or just us yelling at each other. <laughs> the whole thing would be live streamed on Instagram for sure. Put it on Twitch. <laughs> it would be on everything. Um, no, but that's great. They broke it down excellent. I mean, we RJ said it best. We are going, we're in for a hoot here. Mm-hmm. We, Every team has a chance to play. The only thing that would make this, all, like, I don't want to call it disappointing, would be if K and whip snakes win this week and they're just kind of yeah. like okay now this is kind of set <laughs> like, like but if they both lose that would make this incredibly or if interesting. just one of them wins and, right i mean because it, it would be cool to see a team clinch right and have you know a, a somewhat idea of like okay we're starting to fill in the bracket yeah and you know what the best part is that no matter what we're going to get competitive lacrosse because the way they set it up is that you can still have a competitive game and search for that first round pick so I mean, no matter what, we're getting great lacrosse, and these guys are going to play their asses off, and that's what we hope for each and every week. And I think the biggest thing they mentioned, too, is the importance of that 1-2 and two seed, yep. where you have two shots to clinch a championship game Bingo. position. And any of these teams that are able to grab one of those two spots, you're, you're sitting pretty, because to have those odds to get to the championship game, I would take that. You don't get that in any other sport. No, that's a bold strategy, Cotton. So, let's get into these matchups. Let's We've do got, it. We got Redwoods and Chaos this weekend, me versus Alex, so there's going to be a lot of shit talking uh, going on this weekend because it's just what happens. You know, we're, we're competitive people. Um, I mean, I'm giving this win to Chaos if they all went and bought Newman Nuke shirts right now. This guy. <laughs> um, no, it's going to be a great game, man. It's I mean, going to be really, really fun. 
chaos is starting to put some pieces back together after some injuries. I mean, obviously we saw Troy back on the field last week or two weeks ago now in Denver. Yeah, he was shaking off the rust a little. He looked like he was not a ha- maybe a half step behind tops. The kid's freaking unbelievable. He's one of the most talented players in the league, and he's going to show out every week. So, but it was awesome to see. You could already tell how much more depth he adds to the team, mostly on defense. But I mean, this chaos team is going to be a handful for the Redwoods this week because they are high energy every week. They're ready to go, and Blaze Reardon behind between the pipes is he's looking good right now. Yeah, there's a. A little bit of roster shakeup with these lineups this week, too. Yep. So we're going to dive into this, uh, which we haven't been able to do in a few weeks just because the lineups have kind of been set. But uh, some notable additions to these lineups. Jerry Raganese making his Redwoods debut. That's huge. Uh, at the faceoff position. So, again, Greg Gurenlian out this week. But to have Jerry step in, I mean, that's, that's, that's one a, hell of a replacement. Yeah, 1A, 1B. I mean, they're two of the best face-off men to ever play the game. So, I mean, for Jerry to just hop in is flawless. We got Larkin Kemp back in the lineup for Redwoods. Huge. Um, who just signed a uh, a contract with USC men's lacrosse to become one of the assistant coaches. So, yep, they're on the shout up out to up. Larkin Kemp. Um, obviously, you've got your your bo- my boy, your boy, Garrett Apple in the lineup, who's just so tearing talented. the league up. So talented. Redwoods. Only going with two defenders this weekend. Yeah, I mean, they're going to drop uh, all those guys back. Honestly, yeah. all their LSMs can drop back really well. And, I mean, we'll see Apple up the field a bit. But beyond that, I think that we're going to see a lot of offense coming out of this Redwood squad this week, and they're not going to be afraid to let it rip. Second week in a row that JoJo Marasco is in the lineup. Yep. Very fun. Uh, a lot of those guys were hyped to see him out there. He's talented, man. Pat Harbison back in the lineup. Yep. Uh, no Westberg this week, though. No Westberg. That's not concerning, but it definitely takes an option away from their offense. And I mean, Jules is obviously going to lead the charge, but West really helped him out a lot in Denver. And West was the actually one who was able to get them on the board after that 7-0 run mm-hmm. to start off the game. So, I mean, interesting. I hope he's all right, but... um. I don't think it'll drain them too much. Redwoods rolling out Kyler Balestri, yep. uh, which I believe this is his first game. I think so, yeah. Uh, so he will be in the attack group with Kavanaugh Garnsey and our guy Jules Hennenberg as well. I just want to see Ryder hit the stanky leg again. <laughs> Every time I go back and watch his old highlights and he hits it, I'm like, oh, he needs to bring that back, man. I mean, that is the hype and energy that the PLL needs right now. But yeah. <laughs> I'm about it. Uh, and then kicking it over to Chaos, they've got a new backup goalie. Yep. Uh, Charlie Cipriano not in the lineup. Stover, though, coming over from Atlas. I Jacob mean, Stover. Huge pickup. I mean, if Blaze were to get hurt or any of the above, he's going to fill in very well between the pipes. He obviously was Scotty Rogers, not replacement, but substitute while he was hurt incredibly talented goalie so i mean it gives the chaos options here just in case they do need to get back to him i mean he, he's it's another 1a 1b situation in my opinion mm-hmm. and then uh we've got a very interesting lineup i'd say from chaos this week only yeah, one I lsm mean, which is our boy troy ray uh which isn't typical for andy towers usually he throws two lsms out there uh still no miles I mean, thompson the thing is, Jared Newman's listed as a defender, and he is a defender, but he's also going to come up the field and mm-hmm. play like an LSM, take those two bombs. Newman nukes, baby, go buy a shirt. Um, Johnny Serdic, obviously, 
huge part of the defense. Brody Merrill, obviously the best LSM to ever do it, is on defense, and he won't be afraid to come up the field. So though they're listed as defenders, I'm excited to see how much these guys are able to fluctuate up and down the field during the game. Uh, like I said, we're still waiting for Miles Thompson to come back, but Jeremy Thompson is in the lineup this week. That's huge. I mean, we haven't seen him since, what, week three, when Coach Andy Towers had to put out a public tweet that he was going to sit him down for mm-hmm. a little bit. But and it wasn't for a negative. It no, was just it was just to that, put out I there mean, that dude, there's so Jeremy's, much, uh, you know, he's the man. Right. There's so much talent in the PL right now that, like, it's literally like you have to try and, like, move stars off of lineups i mean jeremy though in the nl just signed a pretty big contract Mm -hmm. so he's obviously still fresh to play and then and once they expand the league jeremy will be a star on one of either an expansion team or this chaos squad Mm -hmm. so i mean he obviously understood how to take that message and he'll come back this week ready to go and no josh Byrne this week either so the attack trio for chaos as they only roll out three attack each and every week it's eric scott Obviously, Connor Fields and uh, Kevin Buchanan yep. will uh, be the two guys out there with Connor Fields, but it's going to be interesting to see how that kind of works for Chaos because typically we've seen at least two of those big three out there on that attack. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see how Connor Fields uh, works well with Eric Scott and uh, Kevin Buchanan. But I mean, Connor works well with anybody. So he does. I'm excited. And, I mean, they'll have Jeremy back out there to help. Jake Vaccaro, obviously. Miles Jones, Deemer. All these dudes that can work just as well as anybody in the league. Mark, Captain Incredible, Glacini. Yeah. Um, Big Seals guy. But looking at this this roster, these rosters and the matchup, I just I don't think Redwoods is going to, you know, fall over for no pun intended there. I don't think Chaos is going to be able to come out with a win. I think Redwoods was very disappointed. I think Nat St. Laurent was very disappointed with how they performed in Denver, and I think they're going to really come out here ready to go, firing on all cylinders. And I think Redwoods, all of my fandom aside, is going to come out with a big statement win this weekend in San Jose. Yeah, I mean, it's another week of trying to figure out which of these talented teams is going to be able to outlast the other. And for me this week, I'm, i got to go with the chaos because I just think that they're going to overpower the Redwoods on offense. I think that Newman might even have, like, two Newman nukes. I think that Connor Fields is going to have at least five points. So, I mean, it's so hard. And they're going up against Timmy Trotter, who's obviously one of the best goalies in the league. But, I mean, the chaos offense is just so, so talented that the only way to beat them is to score more than them, and that is nearly impossible. So, I'm going to take the chaos this week, and um, we're going to get a little ding-ding action going on here. Ring that bell, baby. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Your whips take on Chrome and uh, with a chance to clinch a playoff spot and eliminate Chrome all at the same time. Um, Connor Kelly is in the lineup this week, which should be a lot of fun. I'm excited to see uh, him back out there. and Typical Stags lineup this week. Yeah, I mean, it's... Not much has changed. We're going to have Kyle between the pipes. We got the same defensive setup that we have usually going. I mean, Earhart's going to come out and probably let it, let like two bombs off at least. Nard's the best face-off man in the league is going to be out there. And then our offense is just going to go to work like it always does. I mean, Chef, he's had two weeks off. Does that mean he's going to score 12 goals this week? Because I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, and then you look at Chrome uh, changing some things up a bit. Connor Farrell looks like the only... Uh, Face-off man suited up this week for Chrome. Yep. Uh, and then Chris Bocklet 
going to be in the uh, trio of attackmen for uh, good old Dom Starja. No, uh, no kind of status quo lineup for me. He's trying everything he can to make sure that Chrome stays alive this week and puts out his best possible lineup. Yeah, I mean, it's at the point now, you heard it earlier, they have a 5% chance of getting into the playoffs. At this point, mess with your lineup, and you're going to get into the playing game, the first-round pick game. Mess with it now, figure out what needs to be changed now, and then go win that game, or those two games that you have to win to get the pick. Therefore, I mean, I, I like seeing Starja move, move around the lineup a bit, but... um. I mean, Chrome Chrome is struggling, man, and I think that the big difference is who they have between the pipes. And this sounds crazy, I know, because both of them are great goalies, and they're both great people. However, I think that the team plays a bit different, differently with Queener between the net between the pipes than with Galloway. Mm-hmm. And it was noticeable in Denver. They went from Queener one week and getting an actually huge win and then putting Galloway back in net and losing. So, I mean, it's nothing against them. I just think it's the way that the team plays around these guys. And, I mean, Chrome's going up against the best team in the league. All bias aside, it's going to be tough. In a must-win game, uh, Chrome just pulling out all the stops to do as much as they can to stay alive. But I am excited to see Jordan Wolf and Gutty go to to work because, I mean, they'll make any day a long day for Kyle Burnlor. So Mm -hmm. I'm hyped for that. And then the uh, the old Sunday matchup, most important game of the season, arguably, for both of these teams uh, and in the league in general. Archers, Atlas, um, both of these teams fighting for that four seed. Atlas has to come out on a goal-scoring tear if they want to win to get that goal differential uh, in a favorable position. Uh, it looks like Archer's kind of rolling out their typical lineup, yep. which no surprise there. It's it's what's been working when Why they work. Why change up something that's working? Exactly. Um, they are throwing just three attackmen, though, this week with Marcus Holman, Will Manny, and Christian Cuccinello. So, I mean, those are three studs. I would, yeah, <laughs> I'd be totally chill with going with that, too. I mean, Cooch, I mean, Wings guy. I'm excited to see him out there again. He went off in Denver, dude. That He was so much fun to watch. So, I mean, they're going to be good this week. I'm excited to watch this Archer team play. And then... Obviously, Atlas throwing out their guys um, to just go to battle, and this game is going to be. I would, I would, argue, I would put money on this that this game is going to be one of the most watched games of the entire season when it's said and done. I mean, Tyler Stein, Steinhart, yeah, Steinhart, put out the tweet at the beginning of the week that the numbers are growing every mm-hmm. week, so people are more and more people are watching every week, and I mean. I couldn't agree more. This game is going to be watched because it is a battle for that fourth base spot. And if Atlas wins this one, it is a it is a dog Huge. fight, man. Huge win. I mean, they got to win by they got to win by some goals though, man, just to get that goal differential back. However, I mean, Atlas is rolling out what I mean, I we say this every week, like they're one of their best rosters. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they should be able to like compete and hopefully score a lot of goals. But I mean, I'm going to take Atlas this week just because I want to see them win. I want to give them that vote of confidence, and hopefully they're able to pull out a little bit of a playoff run. That's what I really want because, I mean, if without, I mean, I think a guy like Paul Rabel, after losing such a lucrative deal, might be a little disappointed and pissed off and might come out wearing some new gear that he's ready to rock and roll, score five goals in. So, I mean, Atlas this week is going to be 
my pick. Not might. He's definitely coming out with some new merch. <laughs> He's definitely coming. Yeah, some that new video gear. he dropped was fire. I mean, I, I wouldn't be shocked if he has gear from every single company on him. That would be funny. Just He's wearing like Maverick elbow pads, pads STX gloves, helmet. Epic shaft with a uh, who, who, ECD head, <laughs> uh, Warrior strings. No, like, no, 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 nothing. Or not Warrior. Uh, definitely not Warrior. Maverick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, which was interesting to see. In that I think video. it'll go ECD. Yeah. To um, see Maverick in there because Paul used to have right, a Maverick that, sponsorship. That was and, very weird. I mean, I was kind of shocked that they sent it to him, but then again, they're sponsor of the league, so, so it's like, I think anybody in the league was down to hook him up. And I mean, you don't want to be on Paul Rabel's bad side. Let's right. be honest. Warrior and New Balance just put themselves in a pit that you really don't want to be in. Yeah. So, I mean, do I think that New York, New Balance and Warrior will come back to the PL? Yes. When the MLL folds and all of this has settled, and New Balance and Warrior will have, do just fine in the PLL. But for the next year, maybe three or five, I mean, j- just hang low, New Balance and Warrior. Just just wait. <laughs> just wait it yeah. out. If you because... haven't watched that video, it was like one of the coolest unboxing videos ever. It was a great unboxing video. Uh, I mean, Paul I just can't throwing wait. shit all over his apartment. I cannot wait to be famous enough to just get ten boxes full of gear he was just for like, my yeah, men's league yeah. games. <laughs> it was like the Incredible Hulk just throwing everything around. It was excellent. Um, we haven't seen an unboxing video from Paul in years either, so it was great to see that. I mean, yeah, the He's epic driving, I guess. Epic mate. gave him everything. Epic, epic literally gave him like thirty pounds worth of gear, and I loved it. Was it was absurd. It was excellent. I mean, they gave him every. He could have dressed six times for six different games and not reworn the same thing. Absolutely, <laughs> it was great. But um, no, he's gonna. I mean, he's it, lacrosse equipment's trial and error. He's gonna have to test out each and every one of those products, know what he wants to feel of. I mean, at the end of the video, he even said he might just keep using that warrior head that he's been using because he's comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not paying him to use it, but if that's that's the thing about lacrosse is like the slightest thing with your mesh can completely change the way that you either shoot or hold the ball or cradle. I mean, these are the things that, and if you're competing at the highest level, you gotta obviously be comfortable with your gear. So for this to happen in the middle of the season is kind of shitty because he's already so comfortable with yeah. everything that he uses. However, I mean, m- technology has made a, like lacrosse and sports equipment in general so much more advanced that it now comes and you barely even feel it on your body. So he should be able to get comfortable with mm-hmm. anything that's not a head pretty much pretty, pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. I mean, and like... I wouldn't be shocked if he just drops it back to his old Hopkins days and rides with the XTX stuff. Cause yeah. That would be pretty dope. He did get those sick dragonfly shafts, though. He did. Dude, those dragonfly shafts with DeMatha and Hopkins and the Atlas, Atlas logo, logo were just unreal. They that was probably the coolest. Pretty. I don't know how I can get one of those with, like, a Petty logo. I don't need my college logo. <laughs> an OTB logo. An OTB logo. <laughs> and then, like, my Herm logo. I mean, just... Give me a call, because I'll pay probably, like, a lot of money for one of those. <laughs> Maybe two. Um, but let's get ready for San Jose, Herm. Yep. We'll be right back, guys. When we come back, we're going to be joined by the one and only RJ Kaminsky. Hang tight. All right, and now we are thrilled to be joined by uh, the celebrity face of the Premier Lacrosse League. He's the host and vlogger extraordinaire. RJ Kaminsky is now 
on Outside the Box. What's going on, brother? <laughs> that was way, way too generous of an intro. I'm good. How, <laughs> how are you two doing? We are fantastic. Uh, finally glad to get you on the show. We've been talking about it for what seems like forever now, but um, you know, we, we got through the final bye week of the season, and now we head out to San Jose. And uh, on top of that, we have some lists to talk about. We have a neck pillow to discuss and uh, your debate with Jules Hennenberg about AirPods versus regular headphones. Oh, great. Wow, it's, it seems like a great lineup. <laughs> um, but let's get it started with the actual lacrosse talk. You know, we got some fantastic matchups this week out in California. Um, you know, these West Coast games, too. How is it kind of lined up, you know, for this West Coast trip for these teams uh, to really bring the game out to the West Coast and really showcase these insane players to the the west coast fandom well it, it's super exciting man the 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 crowd that we were able to draw from our all-star game alone was was gave us you know an incredible amount of uh of energy heading into uh you know knowing that we had san jose just a, a few weeks after um there's there's something that you can sense out on the sidelines and in the crowd uh when you come to an event out a pll event out west a similar uh, similar sense that you'll feel in chicago and atlanta and it's, uh, it's folks that are really grateful and appreciative um, that we're bringing the pro game out to them uh, in, in PLL fashion. So uh, the, the amount of energy in L.A. was incredible, and we're expecting the same amount of, uh, of energy and excitement in San Jose in a couple days. And what has this experience been like for you, this whole PLL uh, just, you know, flash onto the scene? You made the jump, and uh, you've been killing the game with everything you're doing. But what's the experience been like for you just – Taking on this new adventure and uh, being part of this this new league. Oh, it's it's been uh, it's been incredible, man. I mean, working alongside uh, the the media team that you know that I work with directly day in and day out, as well as the the overall team here at PLL. Um, everyone is really driven to to make this thing a success um, from the top down, from Paul and Mike um, down to every every division here in the company, and it's it's really incredible to be able to come to work every day um, and work alongside a group of people that are just as determined and as excited to uh, propel the, the pro game forward um, and, and give it the, um, the recognition and the exposure that it, that it deserves. And I think we've, uh, we've done a, a really good job of that so far this season, but we've got, uh, we've got a lot of work to do and um, you know, we're not even through the regular season yet, but, um, but it's, it's definitely been uh, it's definitely been an incredible year season so far. And you know, the premier zone is a, a big part of every PLL weekend did you oh, a huge part. Did you expect your uh, explosion of celebrity status out there in the premiere zone every weekend <laughs> to to uh, happen? Um, well, be, being at T, be, being at TLN, you you uh, when I, I were you know my previous employer being at Lacrosse Network, like I was able to to go out to tentpole events like LaxCon and the Final Four and be able to interact with a lot of the folks that watch our content at home. Um, so, so that was really cool. And so, so I was expecting to, to meet a, you know, a good amount of kids that, that consume, um, you know, our, our, our PLL content weekly. But, um, but I, I guess I didn't, didn't expect, uh, I think the biggest surprise was how many older people also watch, uh, <laughs> our weekly programming as well, which is super exciting to know that, you know, uh, stuff that I, I shoot and edit doesn't only appeal to the younger demo, but also, um, some of the older guys and, and, and girls as well. So, um, that's that. That was probably one of the the most surprising but uh, exciting signs in the, out in the premier zone. Making the uh, jump from TLN to the PLL, have you felt any added pressure in like perfecting your vlogs and really getting more kids onto them or anything? 
No, the the only thing that uh, the, the only thing that that kind of came across my mind, uh, you know, when it when when making that transition from TLN to PLL was was just was really just bringing the same energy and bringing the same uh, bring the, bring a really similar style that I did at TLN over to PLL because I was able to really get into a groove there um, in New York. I shot a weekly show with pros with the idea um, and the, the goal of getting the folks at home to get to know these guys off the field. And that's what, uh, that's what my goal is every week with, with the, with the weekend vlogs, aside from bringing the, the weekend atmosphere to those watching at home. It's also to introduce them to, to these pros um, and get them to know them in a way that they, that they really have an experience through, through watching the game or following them on social. So, um, so yeah. Are we going to get any um, PLL top fives going here? Oh my gosh, uh, <laughs> we, we've been racking up so many highlights this season. We we might have to just do a count, you know, start a countdown show after the season and, and do a weekly, uh, you know, a weekly countdown on, on the best uh, the best plays of each week. Oh uh, yeah, there's, dude. there's definitely been a lot of them. And then you know you bring up the social aspect, and I think that has been the number one thing that has really helped the PLL explode the way it has having that social media interaction with fans uh seeing how well the interaction has been doing as compared to you know other professional leagues other teams you know accounts and everything from you know just the the vlogs that you put out to creating a pll mic'd account to all of the the social media things that go into this league how big has that been for you guys as a company and just you know getting this thing up off the ground the way it has uh to appeal to so many people well i think it's i think it's i think it's really the number one thing right exposure there's there's so many non-lacrosse fans out there um i I think we've we've done a good job of hitting the hitting the core demographic of of lacrosse fans but the the overarching goal is to is to get this sport in front of folks that that haven't heard of it before or haven't really given it a chance before uh the the goal of our content is to get them to give it a chance so if someone sees a highlight montage or a you know a mic'd up clip on Twitter, um, the goal is to get them to 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 kind of take a step further and go, oh, okay, like I might be able to give this a chance. Where's this from? Like you know, what's this league? What's this about? Uh, this is a tour-based league. Like they play on NBC. Like I'll, I'll give it a chance. Um, that's our goal with with putting out the the mass amount of uh, media that we do on a weekly basis is to is to get eyeballs and get attention. Now you're coming on the show before he has, but what was it like All Star Weekend hanging out with Diggs Tape? Oh my gosh, Mikey Diggs is incredible, man. He he's he's even better in person. Um, he actually stayed with uh, with me over the the week that he was here, and uh, I would love for him to narrate my life. Um, we, played, <laughs> uh, we we played Mario Party together, we played Smash together, and uh, he's really good at narrating video games too. I, I think he should start narrating more more than just lacrosse because he's that funny. Yeah, I mean, seeing just his Instagram story of everything being sidelined and just all the things he was doing was absolutely hysterical. And for you guys to be able to incorporate him into, you know, your All-Star Weekend, I think was such a a smart move. And just to bring in even more people that watch his videos to bring them into the league fold, I think was incredible. Yeah, he's great, man. He um, he, he's just such a great energy and and has such a such a such a passion for the game and also such a knowledge too he, he's really really um he, he's really got his x's and o's down around the game and he also has an incredible vocabulary so you mix the two and you have digs tape so um he's actually coming to san jose so i'm excited to spend another weekend with him it's gonna be a lot of fun now we've got to we've got to ask you because the neck pillow took you know twitter by storm 
one, how do we get our hands on one of these things? I will directly PayPal you to have one of them. And two, uh, who made it for you? The the neck pillow is unfortunately one of one. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was made it was made by some some uh, some company that that does custom neck pillows. I forget the name of it, but I um, you know I got them set up with our logos, and I was like, okay, like I, I've been traveling with a with a bland one that doesn't have any markings on it. Uh, give me give me one with all of them, and I can rep all the teams. But I, I honestly I think chaos kind of kind of got gypped. They're not actually prominent on the pillow. Um, so I, I hope Andy Towers doesn't find out about that because uh, I'm sure he'd give me an endless stream of crap about it. But uh, but yeah, I, I mean I'm traveling in style now, being able to rep every team. Yeah, because that thing is is badass, and uh, for it to be one of one is even cooler. But oh, the uh... yeah, a big big. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm glad I have the only one. Uh, but I, you know, I, I'd definitely be willing to let you borrow it for for a photo shoot or something like that. Definitely. Um, the, the, so we talked about social media and everything and, you know, whether it's these new cafeteria memes or, uh, the overrated, underrated lists, uh, your, your biggest one that has caught a lot of traction is the broccoli and cheese. Oh yeah. Talk to the people about your broccoli and cheese, uh, you know, being underrated and let the people know why they have to try it. Yeah, so first off, cheese makes everything better. Um, and if you don't agree with that, um, then you probably won't like this one. Uh, but, the, you know, this dish in particular. But, you know, growing up, the only way that I was uh, – that I would eat broccoli um, from – you know, made up by my parents is if they drenched it in Velveeta or some sort of cheese. Um, so once uh, once they started doing that, uh, you know, throwing a hack of cheese on there, I started eating my vegetables. So I, I really haven't gotten off of that since <laughs> I got out of the house um, years ago. So – um, it's it's a very popular dish of mine, and it's the only way I can really consume vegetables by throwing cheese on it. So now, um, oh. that's it. What's the uh, proportions on that? Are you going sixty forty cheese to broccoli, or <laughs> uh, I would say I would say eighty twenty. Eighty twenty cheese? Yeah, that's that's where the famous eighty twenty rule comes from. Not che- not cheese to broccoli, other way around. Oh, broccoli to cheese. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was yeah. about to say that. Yeah, that's not, like a. I'm not a madman. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, with with that dairy product obsession, I'm sure that made it easier to partake in uh, Connor Farrell's milk challenge. Whew, yeah, man, you're bringing up all this. Yeah, I guess we ha- we have done a lot of interesting one-offs on social um, to, with, with our with our pros and through our accounts. Yeah, the uh, the, the milk challenge was gross. Um, <laughs> I don't know how I don't I don't know how he drinks a gallon of that a day. It's incredible. Um, he, he's like a machine. Yeah, seeing that go down, I was like on the verge of just having to run to the bathroom because that was <laughs> disgusting, um, and I couldn't even imagine partaking in it. So props to you for stomaching that as much as you did because I don't think I could have made it through just like even a quarter of it. And it was great seeing some other pros jump in and do it as well. Uh, that was fun to watch, especially Gutty and Troy Ray and those guys. It was great. Definitely. Um I gotta ask you though the the debate back and forth that you and Jules have with with your headphones. What one? Where did this spark from? And two, let Jules know. Jules is a friend of the show, so I'm sure he's gonna mm-hmm. hear this. Let let him know your uh, your stance once and for all, and why he needs to adapt. Um. So it started. Jules actually started it. Um. It was back in training camp, uh, and I was filming in the Whip Snakes locker room when he was a Whip Snake. Uh, TB, TBT, um, yeah. RIP, Whip Snakes, Jules. Um, <laughs> he 
he just kind of he kind of like grabbed his his headphones and and, and just said like um, he was like no AirPods for me like got wires like that was his line he was he was like no AirPods for me um, and I was like and, and it just like kind of like caught my attention so uh, you know I, I made we had joked about it back and forth and then the day what did what did he, what did Jules tweet um, I, yeah I, I yeah I think he made a special post about it he was like yeah I'm, like I'm the I'm part of the wire gang like I, I you know I don't need any like bougie AirPods. Uh, so it, it, it isn't really me like trying to flex on jewels with the pods. It's just like, hey, this is an incredible product uh, that makes my life really convenient, um, and I recommend you get it. Like I, I suggest you get it. Your life will be better without wires. That's all. Um, not trying to flex all over jewels or like be like, oh, I have AirPods. You don't. Um, it's just say, hey, I want your life to be as convenient as mine with these bad boys. That, that's all. <laughs> Convenience is key. Yeah, man. And I, I oh, by the way, I heard AirPods are terrible for the environment. Um, apparently, they do. They're not degradable. Like they won't degrade for like a billion years. And is they that have, right? They have awful chemicals and stuff in them that are really bad for the environment. Um, so good thing they're really small. But um, I bought them anyway. Um, so I guess I'm part of the problem. But I did hear that. Um, so maybe maybe Jules is just very environmental environmentally conscious. That's probably what it is. I mean, I would be more concerned about like other people listening to my stuff. That's what I I can't do the Bluetooth headphone movement, man. Yeah, it's once you go Bluetooth, um, you never go back. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And you know, uh, we declared it on Twitter. Today is August eighth, twenty nineteen, which means on the Outside the Box podcast, it is RJ Kaminsky Day. That's incredible. I, you know, no one's ever done that for me before. Um, I don't know how to celebrate um, at all. Uh, maybe we'll just uh, have a party and uh, listen to music on AirPods and eat broccoli and cheese. Maybe some uh, free neck pillows for the world. Yes, yes. You know what? We'll have to do a neck pillow giveaway or something like that. Might have to do that. And I have another idea <laughs> in mind that Herm has brought up because obviously we're based in South Jersey, so we're really close to Philly and we'll be at championship weekend. Oh, uh, hell yeah. We need to do a cheesesteak tour with RJ on the vlog. Yeah. Oh, that sounds great. It's a great idea, actually. That sounds great. I don't know. I'm trying to think. Uh, I, I will be. We'll actually have a uh, have a. We'll have a place there that whole week. We'll be shooting stuff for, um, for for that whole week leading up to the championship. I'm super pumped for it. Um, so I'll be in town. Yeah. I will be around. So we will set something up and we'll we'll head out to Philly and we will just do you know, a couple spots here and there and, and do some cheesesteak taste testing uh, because, you know, that involves cheese too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I would love to do one a day. Um, and that's, that's the diet that I'm, that I'm probably going to be on is going to be one, uh, one, one cheesesteak a day and take advantage <laughs> of being in Philly. We will definitely make that happen, man. Uh, I know you're a busy guy, so uh, we want to thank you for hopping on the show this week. And whenever you are free again, feel free. You are always welcome to hop on. But uh, keep doing what oh, you're hell doing, yeah, man. Guys. No, you and you got you guys do incredible work. I, you know, I, I really, uh, you know, personally appreciate like the support that you show for the league and uh, you know spreading uh, spreading PLO media, engaging with our pros, and uh, you know having them on. So uh, you know, I, I wanted to thank you guys for the support as well. Um, you know, it works both ways. So I'm always down to, to come on and kick it with you guys. You guys do incredible work as well. Let everybody know where they can follow you on the socials to get all the good, uh, you know, overrated, underrated lists, all the hot <laughs> takes and everything. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, yeah, it was just at RJ Kaminsky on Twitter. And then you can, uh, you can just follow, follow along with the PLL, man. Uh, it, it's really simple on IG. It's only, it's only three letters at PLL and then pr- uh, premier lacrosse on Twitter and then PLL on, uh, on YouTube. That's where we have our best stuff. 
uh, over on YouTube. So um, stay tuned for for some playoff content coming at the end of the season. Uh, super exciting for every single team as everyone has a chance to to secure a spot in the playoffs. Even Chrome, they have small chance, but every team has a chance, um, which is really exciting. Um, so things are about to start heating up, and uh, it's going to kick off in San Jose here in a couple days. It's going to be a lot of fun. Herm will be in Hamilton and Albany, so he'll definitely be catching up with you there. And then we'll all be Sweet. on the, uh, the old playoff run from Columbus to New York to Philly. So looking forward to seeing you again, man, and keep doing what you're doing because you're doing great stuff. Hell yeah, boy. Sounds good. Well, I'll, uh, I'll chat with you all soon. I'll Sounds see good. You, uh, next, in the next city, then. Got to thank RJ for taking time out of his busy, busy schedule to help us preview this week. Neck pillows are all the rage. Yeah, they're great. And I'm pretty sure we're going to start seeing some more over-under lists and more of those cafeteria memes, too, I mean, uh, we're gonna see as it the all. season rolls on. Yeah, it's not going to just be limited to that stuff. I think that he, he and the PLL team and social media in general are coming out with new great ideas each and every week. I mean, the PLL or, like, the lunch table meme wasn't just the PLL. Yeah, it, it was everywhere. It was everywhere. So, I mean, anything that's trendy, the PLL is going to put their name on it and put it out there and it's great stuff it's growing the sport absolutely i mean people are eating that stuff up and i'm kind of disappointed that pll mike has kind of taken a little bit of a lull here it was the bye week it'll it'll come back it'll come back i'm pretty excited um but shout out to rj he's one of the hardest working dudes in sports yeah rj's Uh, the man dude so whenever and you know we had to classify today as rj rj day August 8th, mark your calendars, is we RJ, say, Kaminsky. RJ Kaminsky Day on the Outside the Box podcast. So yep. uh, it is official, but... Remind us next year to celebrate RJ Day. We're, we're going to have to like make a, an RJ Day shirt or something like that. That would be kind of Commemorate fun. it. Um, but let's kick it to the NLL now, Herm, because a lot has gone on We've, since free agency started last yep, week. A lot of transactions. Uh, it's like my bank account. Including <laughs> our wings making... Some huge signings, certainly, uh, to improve this team. And I can't tell you know you and I were out shooting because if you don't know, Herm and I have started you know exercising a little bit more, going outside, getting that fresh air, and we've just been playing lacrosse. Yeah, um, I mean, men's league keeps me in shape, and I got to keep Kyle in shape. So we were out there, and Herm gets a notification on his fancy little Apple Watch. Not a sponsor. They are pretty fancy. Um. That Corey Vitarelli, the Vit Dog, the Vit Dog, is coming to Philadelphia. Let's go! And on top of that, we've got Ian Lord coming to Philly. We've got Daryl Wad, a former CFL football player, right? And Brandon Miller to come in as another goaltender for this team. I mean, the Wings this year are going to have the opposite issue that they had last year. Last year we had no goalies. This This year year we we have have five. Or four, including Chris Collins. I mean, so what are the Wings going to do? We're going to have a freaking goalie Which is off. <laughs> Which we said was the biggest issue for this team. Right, and, and I think that this just took our team, or the Wings, from like being a pretty good team with a lot of talent, just couldn't click last year, to being a team that's going to be competing for a championship in 2019 and 2020. So I'm super excited to see what we can get out to. I mean... After this, we just have the NLL draft, and that's going to be just as big. I'm sure there's going to be some big name that we pull out of it, and I'm pretty excited, man. I, I've been missing the box game recently. Ian Lord signs a three-year deal to come play defense for the Wings. Essentially replaces the Dylan Evans roster spot, who yep. signed with Rochester, so it's almost like a sign-and-trade of both of those guys. Um, 
But Ian Lord, I think, is the veteran defender that this defensive unit needed to just anchor in. You know, we have the young guys here like Wags, Steph Charbonneau, um, but to bring in Ian Lord is going to be a huge thing for the culture of this team. It brings in a winning mentality. Ian Lord, I'm correct me if I'm wrong, was on the three-peat Rochester Nighthawks team. So, I mean, that signing alone is huge, but to bring in Corey Vitarelli to this offense that already has Kevin Crowley, Kyle Matisse as a an offensive transitional player, you've got Matt Rambo who's going to be a million times better than he was coming into last season. You've got Blaze Reardon playing forward. You've got Josh Currier back on a two-year deal. Who is stopping this offense? Um, defenses? Not many. <laughs> but not many, yeah, no. I mean, it's it's the expansion and hope that we have been searching for for a long time now, honestly, man. I mean, all of last season we were just waiting for a win. Now we not only got some wins last season, but we are stacking this roster this offense reminds me it reminds me a lot of just the depth that buffalo had last year yes i can they could just put out you know rotations which is funny because buffalo kind of lost all that in both expansion and just free agency Mm -hmm. so i mean does that mean that the wings take over that spot and will be seen in the championship game against my roughnecks i don't know that would be pretty awesome though yeah, I mean, we talk about Ian Lord. He was part of uh, two of those championships with the Nighthawks, 2013 and 2014, and he mm-hmm. spent the tail end of last year with Colorado after he was traded right. there during one of those flurry of trades. They, that Colorado kind of went off there at the end of the season and just was all over the place. But, yeah, no, I mean, he is going to be huge. I mean, any defense was kind of a struggle for us last year. We obviously were able to fix some of those issues by bringing in wags and stuff like that. However, I mean... Lordy, lordy. <laughs> I am excited. He's a 13-year NLL vet. His first season in the NLL was with the original Wings back in 2006-2007, mm-hmm. and then he was traded to Buffalo at the 2007 draft. Uh, he played in Buffalo for five seasons after that before moving to Rochester where he played six and a half before last year's trade. Um, and then Daryl Wad, who was brought in uh, from the Peterborough, Ontario Junior A Lacrosse League, Huge league. Makes sense Great because, uh, you know, Paul Day is a coach. He's up there. He's watching. <laughs> he watches every game. Um, and, you know, plays with two of his Wings teammates there and Josh Currier and uh, defenseman Eric Shul. Yep. So he's got some familiarity there. Um, you know, he's a Hamilton, Ontario uh, native. Maybe he'll be at PLL, Ontario. Gotta love the GTA, baby. Um, but he played for the Ottawa Red Blacks and the Toronto Argonauts in the CFL. So, uh, not the only football player turned lacrosse player this uh, free agency period in the NLL, and pretty soon we're going to be joined by Tim Semish as well. Uh, I mean, remember, I dubbed him a lacrosse player, not former football player. <laughs> um, but then, obviously, Corey Vitarelli, man. I I was I almost did backflips out on the Dude, field. Dude, I know I was so hyped. I mean, it was something we literally went. We played lacrosse every day this week. However, the next day we were walking out and we were just still like, "Dude, Corey Vitarelli." He ended last season That's with so Colorado because uh, he was also involved in, in a the flurry. flurry of trades between <laughs> those two teams. Uh, he was with the Nighthawks so for eight and a half seasons. Um, he's just he's a a stud. He's so uh, good, dude. He's won four man cups in major series lacrosse as well in 07, 10, 12, and 18. He's he's just a he's a his nickname says he's a dog. He is a complete dog. He's a homie. He is going to 
honestly just change up this wing squad in every direction that we kind of needed to and that i mean just depth depth is going to win anybody in any sport games and that's what the wings are getting this year and it's i'm I'm pretty hype about it and then brandon miller the other goaltender that was brought in an 18 year nll vet uh he's been in the league for a while man 40 years old played for the original wings from 2008 to 2014 before he was traded uh, at the 2014 trade deadline to Toronto. Um, so now, if I'm not mistaken, he's older than Chris Collins. Um, they might have been drafted in the same, same draft class, actually. Bracket. So same same age group. To not to, not two, to age anybody. To have in two any way. veteran netminders, though. To, two in veteran this organization. Net, netminder minds is like unreal. It's going to be I mean, huge. That's that's to then pair with Zach Higgins, huge, and Goa Abrams. Right. To have that kind of just experience and knowledge with this team is going to be big time. Yeah, that's phenomenal. Phenomenal? Phenomenal? Oh, man, we are getting a bit too long into this podcast, and my words are not working anymore. But some other moves that were... but I mean, the Wings are just making moves, and it's making me smile from ear to ear. Right, but you know who else is making moves? The Rochester Nighthawks, The Rochester Nighthawks, the Georgia Swarm are retaining a lot of their guys. They brought... Brought back both of the Orlemans uh, on contracts, so they brought all of their goalies back now that were unprotected. Uh, the Phil Caputo trade that happened earlier this week has finally gone through, uh, so he is going to Rochester for a second-round selection in the 2020 entry draft. Um, Vancouver signing a Redwoods player, Brent Adams, going yep. to Vancouver that was from big. Colorado Incredible. on a one-year contract. Um Dan Dawson going Dan. from uh, San Diego to Toronto. Uh, Vancouver making a, a bunch of moves as well. On top of Brent Adams, they brought uh, in Joel McCready. They brought back Aaron Bold, John Phillips, and Bob Snyder, all on one-year deals. All great deals. I mean, I hope Boldy's doing well. I haven't heard much about him recently, but um, all all hope is out there for him. Um, however, I mean, they're they're basing that offense right around my boy. Keegan Ball. I mean, my dude just, he's going to be so talented, man. I, I can't wait for the Wings to bring him in. And then uh, right after we signed off from Eastland last week, uh, the Bandits signed Mitch DeSnew to a two-year contract. Um, so, I mean, they bring him back. And then uh, some PLL guys getting signed as well yep. going into the box game. Mark Lassini uh, signs a one-year deal with San Diego. Mike Schlosser going on a two-year agreement to San Diego, mm-hmm. and Dylan Riley also on a one-year deal to the Seals. Uh, New York made a flurry of uh, moves as well. Is that the word of the day, flurry? I, I think it like is. Like the uh, McDonald's drink? Not a sponsor. <laughs> um, but, I mean, they brought in Jake Fricaro. Huge. They brought in Ryan Brown. Yep. And Sniper. They brought in somebody else, too, from the PLL that I'm totally blanking on, uh, but I'm going to pull it up here in just a second but we talked about this and how we thought a lot of these PLL guys who didn't play in the NLL or the box style of the game could be making the jump this year to really just stay in the game and stay active year round yep staying athletic keeping getting those hands keeping them warm that's what I was looking for and, I mean, it's it's going to be fun to watch them make that jump now and see how many more of these guys are going to continue to join the NLL after, uh, you know, playing in their the first PLL season and just staying 
in shape and staying ready and just continuing to perfect their craft. Right, and I think one of the biggest things, too, is that they're going to take all the professionalism and exposure and hype around the PLL and bring it right into the NLL and grow this league just as fast as the PLL is growing, which is freaking awesome. And then uh, the one person I was blanking on, it was Ryan Brown, Jake Fricaro, and Connor Busick. So Connor's going to <laughs> Oh, yeah, New we York. already knew that, though, right? I don't think so. They, all three of those were uh, in a... F- word of the day flurry of 10 players signing with the new york riptide uh but those three definitely stuck out to us but to get us uh in this free agency hype we're gonna kick it to our buddy tim semish so sit tight we'll be right back all right and now we are joined you know nfl season kicks off today it's the preseason week one and we're joined by our own former football player Tim Semish, who is now the newest member of the San Diego Seals in the National Lacrosse League. Tim, how are you? I'm good, man. How you doing, Kyle? Doing well. Um, first of all, congratulations on getting signed by the Seals. I know uh, you were at the Denver Combine, and to get that NLL contract, uh, what was that like for you to you know get that call and know that you're going to be playing in the NLL? Uh, well, first of all, uh, thank you. Um, it was, uh, it was pretty surreal. Um, at the Combine, I kind of talked to uh, the SEALs uh, president and uh, GM, uh, along with a few other teams, like representatives. And, you know, they all kind of gave me some pointers, but um, none of them really, you know, seemed to interest. And maybe, you know, they were playing their own kind of game of cards with each other because they didn't want to tip anything off. Uh, and then um, when free agency started, you know, the first day came and went, and I was like, all right, well, it looks like I'm not getting a phone call. And then um, – on day two, Coach Merrill from the Seals, uh, he gave me a call, and uh, we kind of chit-chatted a little bit. Um, and, you know, he kind of – he was I think he was kind of feeling me out, wanting to get, me, get to know me a little bit. And then he was like, hey, man, we'd love to have you. Um, you know, I think you're a big athletic guy. We could use you, kind of mold you into what we want. Uh, and then he offered me a contract, and I gladly accepted um, San Diego. I, I was there for a little bit with the Chargers, and, you know, it's a beautiful city, and where their setup is for practice and for games is – I lived right down the street from there, so it's – to be able to go back to a city I already lived in, you know, just made it even more comfortable and even easier of a choice. And, you know, what kind of went into that conversation with uh, with Merrill to kind of, you know, feel you out? What were some of the things he was asking you to uh, then eventually offer you that contract? He was just kind of asking, um, you know, my lacrosse background. Um, you know, he he asked a little bit about, you know, my experience um, in the PLL, and then, you know, he didn't know that, you know, I grew up playing lacrosse and all that. He kind of – he. I think he had him and other people. I think they might have had um, like the thought that I just kind of picked it up, you know, a few years ago. Uh, when in reality, I've been I've been playing lacrosse since I was a little kid. I grew up playing hockey, so being inside the boards is, is more than comfort for me. Um, so he was just asking about that, and then you know, asked about my experience with PLL. Uh, you know, kind of asked what my experience was with box lacrosse, and you know, you know. Just asked about certain situations and stuff like that if I'd ever been in, and then he kind of we kind of talked about the combine a little bit, um, you know, like the level of competition, how I felt doing certain things, um, and then we kind of we kind of rolled from there, and then started talking contracts. What was that combine experience like for you? you know the the league as a whole kind of had a, a bit of a spotlight on you. They were keeping a close eye. What was that experience like for you out in Denver to uh, take part in the the combine? 
Well, first of all, the combine in Denver, whoever decided that, that's that's a cruel torture because uh, the elevation, you don't think about it until middle of the second period of the scrimmage. <laughs> and, you know, you're, you're gasping for air like, mm, we need a third defender. And you're like, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, that, that was rough in its own. But I, it was pretty cool, um, you know, to see um, kind of where they got that set up for the CCBLL. Um, that's a really cool setup they have there. And the combine itself was awesome. Coach Coyle was there, um, a few other representatives from the Mammoth. They kind of ran the combine. So, you know, they put us through, like, a, what would be a full practice. And then we took a little bit of a lunch break, kind of recovered, and then we hit the floor, we scrimmaged. Um, we kind of tested out some new, uh, what I'm guessing would be new rules of the NLL, um, you know, man up, man down situation type stuff. Um, and then, but, I mean, it, it was a blast, you know. I mean, there was, there was all kinds of guys. You know, there was guys from senior A-teams up in Canada, to, you know, field players. Um, one of my teammates from the Atlas was there, I know Richard, um, and you know, it, was, it was it was a lot of fun, other than, you know, not having to be able to breathe after five minutes of running. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, you're going to a SEALs team that last year, first first year in the league, and they made the playoffs. They have a, a loaded roster uh, with just unreal talent. One of our, our podcast pals, Austin Stotts, a member of that team, Wes Berg, just got traded there. Uh, this off season, so you're walking into a team that has a lot of really awesome, you know, guys on it. A good culture that they built in one year so far, and are continuing to build. Uh, what are you most excited about? You know, to be able to go to San Diego in a city that you're familiar with from your your NFL background. Uh, I mean, for me, it's to be able to go and sit down, and I can watch games with you know guys like Stotts and Berg and. Um, you know, Coach Merrill, um, you know, he was, you know, he played in the league forever. He, so he knows all the ins and outs. Um, I mean, he, he probably could still, he, I wouldn't be surprised if midday, you know, mid practice, he just kind of strapped it up and came out there. Um, <laughs> and then you got, you got guys like Hartzell and, you know, all those guys that are out there. So being familiar in the city, I don't have to worry about, you know, where am I going to go, all that kind of stuff. I already know the lay of the land that way. So I can really put all my focus on learning from guys that know the ins and outs of, uh, box across because I have experience in box across but it, it's not it's nowhere near that level um, so to be able to like really pick those guys brains and watch those guys on a day-to-day basis uh, that's something that I'm really most excited about um, just to be able to grow every single day and watch those guys and just learn from pretty much the best that's out there I mean to be able to go from a non-existent program to building that culture and being you know I think they were they were one point away from the semis last year I think mm-hmm. um so that you know, that's a that's an awesome experience to be able to plug myself into that. And then a lot of people know you from your uh, your football background, and uh, you played with four teams in the NFL. Do you think that NFL experience, uh, just from the the professional athlete standpoint of things, uh, is going to help you, you know, in your your now lacrosse uh, career? Uh, absolutely. Just because, um, I mean. I, 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 it was a chore back then, but now it's kind of been a blessing. Was I was always the, the low man on the totem pole in the tight end rooms I was in. I was always with, you know, big-time guys. So it was always my job to kind of break down film and, you know, watch games and, you know, learn learn what the, you know, opposing defenses were going to do, tendencies and stuff like that. So now it's just another day at, at, the, at the ballpark for me. If I, you know, turn on a game and I'm watching another team or if I'm watching, you know, another player, it's just now instead of watching football and looking for blitz tendencies, you know, I'm, I'm looking for whether for field to do slide packages for, for box. It's, you know, how they run their man or their zone or their man down or man up. 
Um, so for me, it's just, just the discipline of like watching film and, you know, doing the day-to-day workouts, you know, that's, that's all what pro football is, is having to do that on your own um, and to push yourself to do the little things when other people are, you know, watching TV or not going to run and stuff like that. Um, so to be able to bring that to the table, because, um, you know, pro lacrosse is still kind of becoming a major sport. Um, and I think, you know, guys have other jobs and stuff like that. Um, so for me to be able to take my experience as a, as a pro football player into a pro lacrosse player, um, you know, maybe hopefully I can teach a few guys, you know, a couple things that they might not have done before um, or just stuff like that. Yeah, you know, you aren't the only former uh, football player to get signed to a team this offseason. The Wings also signed somebody from the CFL. Uh, do you think this could become, you know, a, a trend where we see former football players start signing into, you know, lacrosse, whether it's, you know, box or field? Uh, I don't know so much about um, – Pro per se. Uh, I'm trying to think of that guy. He was he was defensive lineman. What was his name? Um, but I'm actually pretty excited to go against him because I mean, if we ever saw each other on a football field, I would have had to block him because he was a defensive lineman. So it was just, for me and him, it'd probably be another day in the park. But um, I don't know if you see more pro guys just because there's not a ton of pro guys with backgrounds. Because I know he played. Um, I think I saw he played juniors up in Canada. And, you know, I grew up playing the game. And, you know, a few guys here and there played it, you know, middle school, if they were East Coast guys. Um, but I think, and I, I've seen it firsthand with kids I've coached in high school and middle school level, is I think the way the curve is going with lacrosse and, you know, things that the PLL is doing, things that, the way the NLL is growing, um, I think more kids at a youth level are starting to see lacrosse as an option, um, not so much. Uh, I don't want to call it an old hobby, but like, you know, back in the day when I was growing up, people thought lacrosse was stupid because they'd never heard of a pro lacrosse player. Um, and they didn't even know there was college lacrosse. But now, you know, with programs like Utah and a few other, you know, big state schools going D1, um, you know, I think more and more kids at the youth level will start to kind of ditch football or put football on the back burner and start focusing more and more on lacrosse. So in about five, ten years, you know, you're going to see the overall – athleticism the overall you know, explosion in the sport it's just gonna it's just gonna be putting gasoline on a fire and it's just gonna get even more better even more quality lacrosse and you know no pun intended but what kind of fueled uh your decision to step away from the nfl and kind of focus on a lacrosse career uh it was kind of a personal thing um for me you know four nfl teams four city four years four cities um I, I just I felt like I had beat my head against the wall enough. Um, you know, two surgeries in my career, uh, I, which compared to most guys, I'm I'm blessed to have never had knock on wood a major injury, um, other than you know some small things here and there. Um, but you know, I just kind of was getting to the point to where football was more of a chore. I couldn't watch college football. I couldn't watch you know the Thursday night or Monday night games anymore because I just I didn't want to see it. Um, you know, I just it. I, I fell out of love with the sport that I always loved, but was never my true love. And lacrosse, you know, everywhere I lived, I always had a stick. I always had a bag of balls. Uh, I was always a coach. I was always in a beer league, even though it technically was against my contracts. Um, and I kind of decided that, you know, I have, you know, so many miles left on the tread in my knees and my, you know, uh, my ankles and all that, that I'd rather spend my next, you know, five, 10 years of athleticism making a name for myself in a sport that 
I can do every single day and never get tired of it. You know, even when I was tired from football, I'd go play lacrosse, I'd go hit the wall, I'd go shoot. Um, so it was just kind of like a personal thing. Like, all right, you know, I, I've accomplished a lot more than I, I ever would have dreamed football-wise. And instead of and, – and at the end of the day, football, you know, it's a, it's a competitive sport. And, you know, you never know when your time's up. And, you know, I always wanted to control my own destiny. I was like, all right, you know, I feel good. I feel comfortable, you know, with the PLL starting up. Um, you know, with the way things are going in the NLL, I just I wanted to go off, you know, on my own terms, football-wise, and spend the next however long, however long I'm blessed to, you know, make a name for myself across both indoor and on the field game. And in the field game, you're also in the PLL. You said you're with the Atlas, correct? I was with the Atlas. I was uh, I was dropped into the player pool um, pretty shortly after camp. Uh, Coach Paul made the move with me and a, one or two other defenders. I don't remember exactly to pick up a few more um, midfielders, and then he had to pick up another goalie um, when Scott, uh, when he had his uh, medical issues. So it was just you know unluck of the draw. Um, but I'm still technically under contract with the PLL, so hopefully you know next year if they add an expansion team or two, um, I'll be you know one of the first guys picked up by a team. Um, like I said, as long as I still got tread on these tires, I'm going to try to play pro lacrosse. Um, and if things don't work out with the PLL, you know, who knows? You know, maybe I can put my full, full focus on the NLL and, you know, be be the enforcer or the big defensive guy for the field as long as I can be. And then, you know, going through that camp process with the PLL and just seeing the, uh, you know, just the insane growth that this league has, uh, you know, gone through in year one. Uh, what was it like to just be part of that, you know, first year and say that, like, you were a member of that, you know, original PLL season? Uh, I mean, it's, it's amazing, you know, to see what they've accomplished so far this year. I think, I think, yeah, honestly, it probably has even surprised them um, in a little bit just because, you know, some of the stadiums, you know, there's been a ton of people. I think they're averaging over 11,000 or 12,000 a weekend. Um, you know, lots of views on TV. That NBC deal was huge. Um, but just just to be there in the first week of training camp, um, I might have taken it for granted, you know, just because I was so used to, to NFL training camp. But the way guys were talking there, you know, the excitement you could see on guys' faces. And, you know, not just Paul and, and you know, Mike, you know, because, you know, that was their, their brainchild. But, like, the other guys, to hear them talk about, you know, the other league, um, and like kind of where the sport's going. It was, it was really cool to kind of see, you know, the money and the time that's invested in this league on year one before it was even proven as a proof of concept. And now that people are showing up and people are tuning in, um, you know, hopefully I can be a part of that process on the field down the road. Um, but just to be able to say, yeah, I was there for week one. Um, I was there for, you know, training camp and all that fun stuff. Uh, it's, you know, it's a badge of honor that, you know, I'll, I'll wear for the rest of my life just because, I was a part of it, so, you know, hopefully in 50, 60 years, you know, the PLL is, you know, on NFL kind of level, and I can say, hey, yeah, I was I was at the first training camp for that. And, you know, did you did you learn anything or pick up anything from the guys during that training camp that, you know, you could implement into your game, whether it is uh, in the field game or when you get to San Diego for the NLL season? Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, I was lucky enough, you know, I had – you know, guys like Paul and, um, like, you know, Connor Busek. I mean, Atlas, they're, they're one of the more experienced teams in the league. Um, and having, like, Tucker Durkin down low. And then, um, you know, both Scott and Jack and Nett 
and you know, Callum, Austin Bufani. I mean, I, I grew through the whole roster, but uh, just being able to watch those guys on a daily basis was you know, a lot of fun. And just seeing the little things, um, you know, the way they treated small things to big things was it, it really kind of helped me grow. And even though I got stuck from the team, you know, over the summer I've been working on my own plus playing in as many competitive men's tournaments as I can because at the end of the day you don't get better unless you actually play the sport. Um, you know, I've, I'm still using things I learned from Tucker and from Callum um, and offensive things because I try to play LSM as much as I can. Offensive things that I learned from um, from Hartzell and, I mean, either watching other guys, you know, at camp because we, we were all practicing around each other so you could see other teams practicing too. Um, but just that one week of lacrosse, I got exponentially better. Um, it was disappointing I got cut, but um, I feel like being able to put those things into my practices over the summer whenever a team does pick me up, I'll be 10 times the lacrosse player I was at camp with the Atlas. And what was it like for you to be able to, you know, interact with the Rabel brothers during that training camp and kind of see what their vision was for this league from the business side of things uh, to really help grow this game and get it to where a lot of people think it should already be, like we said, as a, a major professional sport? Uh, I mean, it was awesome. Just, you know, the first day we were there, uh, we had like a big, uh, league meeting, you know, all the players, all the coaches, and uh, Mike got up on stage first, and just like the fire in his voice, like just the way he was talking about things, like you could feel like the energy in the room. It was like 9:30 at night. Everybody had been through this long like check-in process of like physicals and all that stuff, to make sure everybody could practice the next morning. And you know, at the beginning of the meeting, everybody was like, "Oh, this is over. Like, I want to go to bed." It was a long travel day, and then Mike gets on stage, and about three minutes in, everybody's like, yeah, like, hell yeah. Like, um, and he just, you know, he lit a fire in the room. Um, and so it's just kind of hear him talk about it, and then just on a daily basis to see kind of what Paul was doing, balancing, practicing, and being a part of the team, and then running off to meetings with NBC or equipment people or whatever it was. Um, it was it was just exciting to see, you know, the, the blood and sweat that they put into it. Um, and you could kind of tell the way that they talked about it. It really would light a fire no matter who they were talking to, whether they were talking to players, support staff, um, or media. It didn't matter. The, the way that they're behind it, um, and, you know, the way it's grown in one year is nothing compared to grow in five, six years. And, you know, you're you're breaking into the uh, the professional lacrosse scene. Uh, we're big fans of you, Tim, and we're definitely supporting you 100%. But to the people that may not know you or, uh, you know, anything like that, what would be your message to kind of introduce them to who Tim Semich uh, really is and why they should also be fans of you? Uh, um, actually, I don't know if I've had that asked me before. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm a, I'm a blue-collar guy. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a hard worker. I'm from Omaha, Nebraska, so, you know, the word lacrosse in Nebraska, people think of the Buick car. They don't think of the sport. Uh, although it is growing. It is growing. I will say that it's getting a lot bigger in Nebraska, which I'm really proud of my home state for that. Um, and, you know, I mean, I, I'm just a hard worker, and, you know, I'll do what the team wants me to do, you know, for the Seals. If they want me to get in goal, I played hockey goalie. I can strap those pads on. Um, if they need Hell me to be, be a defensive guy, they need me to be a fighter, they need me to be an offense guy, I'll do what the team needs me to do. Um, you know, for me to do this, I'm, I'm doing this more to make a name for, you know, the, the middle states, I guess. Um, you know, that, that might be going back to your question about why I did it. Um, you know, if I can make a name for myself, I can make a name for kids from Omaha or Lincoln or Des Moines, Iowa, um, you know, that, that want to play pro lacrosse or big time lacrosse. 
Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a lunch pail guy. So whatever, whatever my team needs of me, I'll do it. Uh, and you know, I'm not a big flashy guy. Um, you know, I have Instagram and Twitter, but I don't use them like most people do. Most people say I should. Um, and you know, it's, I'm just, I'm a normal guy who's just trying to work hard and, and, and follow his dreams and play lacrosse. I think it's official once, uh, you know, the, the jerseys are available this season. We are getting a Tim Semish San Diego Seals jersey for our studio. I love it. I appreciate it. Um, I appreciate that. Man, we really appreciate you hopping on with us. Uh, we, anytime uh, you want to do it again, we'd totally be down. Maybe definitely closer to uh, the NLL season uh, to kind of do like maybe a preview uh, with the Seals and everything. But let everybody know where they can follow you on social media and everything so they can uh, get familiar with you and uh, put a face to a name. Uh, so both my accounts are the same. It's uh, TD Semish, S E M I S C H eight five. Believe it or not, the TD does not stand for touchdown. Those are just my initials. I like <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, yeah, TD Semish eight five. Both Twitter and Instagram. Um, I try to post workout videos and like footwork videos to help guys get better in that sense. Uh, and funny, funny stuff whenever I see it. Uh, but no, I appreciate it. I appreciate you guys having me. I love hearing that you guys are going to buy, buy jerseys. I don't know anybody who bought my jersey other than my mom, so I appreciate that. <laughs> Shout out to your mom. Uh, we, again, yeah, we'd absolutely. love to have you uh, have you on anytime, and uh, we're looking forward to uh, watching you on the floor this NLL season, my man. I appreciate that, guys. Thanks for having me again. Got to thank Tim for hopping on the pod this week, too, for part of uh, Two Guest Thursdays. It's also Tim Thursday along with RJ Day. So RJ Day, Tim Thursday, uh, Two Guest Thursday, uh, Wing Thursday, um, <laughs> Calgary Roughnecks Thursday, Wings Atlas, <laughs> Wings Atlas Thursday. Um, yeah, no, great interview, man. I'm so excited for the guy. And he even kind of said what I started off the show with is that he isn't. He doesn't want to be noted. And I'm kind of putting words in his mouth right now. He is a lacrosse guy. He was born a lacrosse guy. He even played hockey, man. I mean, what's next? He's gonna be trying out. And for the NAHL, like the AHL, I don't, we might see this guy drop down and uh, I don't know, man. It's pretty awesome though to see him just evolve as a lacrosse player. I'm super excited. I've never seen someone so eager just to get on the floor too, man. I mean, he is going to revolutionize the game. He said he would be willing to just throw on the goalie pads and he'll play any position on the field as long as he's out there. That is what I want to see, a blue-collar, just hard-working, gritty dude. And he is um, just excited, man. It's going to be a lot that, of fun. That interview just fired me up, we are, man. We're the, sec- we're the second people to uh, ask for his jersey. So Yeah, can we get can we get a Tim Summers jersey? Shout-out to San Diego. Shout-out to uh, Tim's mom yeah, for being the other Tim's jersey mom. getter. Um. But I think that's all we got for you guys this week. As always, make sure you are subscribed to us on Apple Podcasts. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews. Let us know your overrated and underrated RJ lists and uh, potentially read them on the pod uh, in the coming weeks. And then if you haven't already upgraded your phone, do so. But if not, you can follow us on Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at OTB Laxpod. Follow Herm on Twitter at OTB Herm. Subscribe to his YouTube channel and uh, keep your eye out for more vlog content. And merch. And merch. Get your Newman Nukes merch because it is live. It is there. Designtree.com. DSGN Tree. Use that promo code DSGN5 for $5 off at checkout on your order. And uh, we'll catch you guys next week to recap San Jose. This is the first weekend that none of us 
are going to be at a PLL weekend. Yeah, that's It's sad. a bummer, but... We'll have a watch party or something. It will be a uh, a hoot watching those games. So. Certainly. And it's always nice to catch up on my NBC Gold, because I don't get to watch mm-hmm. it when we're at the events. Exactly. And I love hearing the boys talk about the games, so I'm excited. And um, this is kind of a plug for NBC Gold, I guess, Not because a sponsor. it's a great program. Yeah. So uh, until next time, this has been another edition of the Outside the Box podcast right here on Underground Sports Philadelphia. For Herm, shout out to RJ and Tim. I'm Kyle. We are signing off. Peace.